audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. D.L. Moody, a famous 19th century evangelist, was once asked if he would give a talk defending the Bible. Give a talk defending the Bible, he asked. That's like asking me to defend a lion. Open the cage, and it will defend itself, he said. Of course, the Bible does speak for itself. It creates faith, it changes lives, it gives hope, it dispels fear. And it's the only book that provides a satisfactory explanation to the whole of life's situation. If you want to defend this lion called the Bible, open its cage. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Today we are opening the cage of the Bible to ask the question, is it the Word of God? And welcome, Ken. Been an interesting discussion so far this week. I guess our main purpose throughout the week has been to establish the fact that as Christians, we need not fear questions like, you know, is the Bible reliable? Can we trust it? In fact, we should be ready at any given moment to give people a reason for the hope that's in us. Scripture commands us to do that. We shouldn't not only be able to tell them that we believe in the Bible, but why we believe in the Bible. Isn't that right? Yes, and of course, that's what we've been looking at this week. And let's go back into the days when Israel was steeped in idolatry. So they were going off, running after all these other gods. And God said, okay, you're running after these gods. I'm going to throw out a challenge to these gods. Let's see how real they are. Any god that is real would be able to tell us the future. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a fair thing, isn't it? I mean, God is yep. omniscient. He knows all things perfectly. He knows the past, the present, the future. So God knows what's going to happen ahead of time. And he says, if these gods are real, they'll also be able to tell us things that are to come. Now, when we come to the Word of God, that is one of the distinct elements of God's Word. 30% of the Bible is prophetic. It foretells what will come to pass ahead of time. It's an interesting point, and uh much of that has already happened, hasn't it? We see in the Old Testament many, many yeah. prophecies about the coming Messiah and so on. Yeah. Much of it is still yet to come. Still to come. Would you say that other religions, religious writings predict the future, though, as well? Well, yes and no. <laughs> um, some do in a very vague way that you can't tell what it is they're saying. Some have given predictions that have proven to be false. Some don't give any predictions whatsoever. Basically, you know, you've got to analyze that. When, when people claim to be telling the future, you've got to say, okay, well, show me where and when this was fulfilled. I mean, one religion, for example, the founder made one prophecy, and that was that I would return to this place. Mm. And that's what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy, just like me saying that I'm going to go back home when we've finished recording here. Then I can call myself a prophet. <laughs> I, I said this was going to come to pass, and it did. <laughs> I'm a prophet. <laughs> now, that's the kind of thing that we're looking at. You know, a lot of people quote Nostradamus, for example. Now, Nostradamus said a lot of things that were going to happen in the future, but they were so vague, they were symbolic, uh, they were open to many kinds of interpretation. And so that's what we want to know is, well, okay, we're we're reading words here of what he said. What did he mean? Specifically, what is he saying is going to come to pass? Now, one gentleman has tried to do that um, who, who, you know, claims to be a spokesman on his behalf, a man by the name of Roland White. And uh, here's some of the things that he predicted that Nostradamus was actually saying. He said that the world would end in 1999. He said that Prince Charles would be crowned in 1994. He said that Prince William would take the throne before the age of 18. Now, we know that none of these things have come to pass. 
Here's another thing. A lot of people say, oh, this astrologist said this and this fortune teller said that. When you come to look at these predictions, they have a percentage rate of success. Now, I'm not going to say what that percentage rate is, but, but if they've said one thing that's wrong, then they're a false prophet. Mm. It's not a question of, oh, they've got a good percentage. That's not what we're looking for. We want to base our lives on something more certain than that. We want to know if, if this person we're following really knows the future, they'll know all of the future. Uh, if we're going to put our trust in them, if they claim to be God. Interesting to take the uh, biblical standard on false prophets as well. Weren't they stoned? <laughs> oh, it's good that you mentioned that point. Let's listen to what Moses said. He said, uh, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. In fact, we're told in the Bible, don't listen to him. Don't follow that man. If he's got something wrong, then he's not speaking in my name because when God sends a prophet, it comes to pass. Okay, how does the Bible actually stack up then? Because you mentioned earlier that it's 30% of its contents is prophecy. Yeah. How much of that has been fulfilled? Okay, well, let's look at this. Now, we can divide the prophecies of the Bible into three major sections. Those concerning the nations surrounding Israel mm-hmm. at the time that the scriptures were written. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, the main theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ, that he would come into the world and so on. And then, thirdly, the nation of Israel. So the prophecies can be put into one of those three categories, by and large. Now, let's take the first one for a moment. Nearly every major city and every nation within a thousand miles radius of Israel had its future foretold in the Bible. Not not in a vague way, but in a specific way. Certain things that would come to pass that you could then measure and say, well, yes, these things came to pass exactly as they were foretold. I mean, you know, anyone can hop on the internet and check out the facts that were foretold about those nations and see that, yep, they all came to pass. But what about the prophecies about Jesus? You said he's the main theme of the Bible. There are plenty of prophecies about him. Wouldn't some of those relate to his second coming? They haven't actually uh, been fulfilled, fulfilled yet? Let's look at those. Now, the Old Testament books of the Bible were written approximately between, say, 1450 BC and 430 BC, so uh, about a thousand year period. Now, they contain hundreds of prophecies about one who was going to come into the world who was called the Messiah or the Anointed One. Now, the Messiah would be the hope of the Jewish people, bringing deliverance and salvation to that nation. But these prophecies also state that the Jewish Messiah would bring salvation to all other nations of the world. And so for this reason, uh, people who are not Jewish need to understand who this Messiah is because he's our hope too. Now, of course, we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That's very clear. In fact, my history teacher told me that history means his story, which I thought was interesting. So the central theme throughout the Bible is that God would send his son to the earth for our salvation. So it's no wonder then that the Old Testament should be full of prophecies relating to his coming into this world. When we get down to the specific prophecies, there are about 300 plus prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Jesus Christ all of which have been fulfilled. Okay, I'm talk- We're talking about the ones that have been fulfilled. So there are over 300 prophecies that give specific details about Jesus coming to the world that have already been fulfilled. Now, God gave so many prophecies about Jesus for two reasons. Number one, so that it would be easy to identify him when he came in because yes. all the boxes have been ticked. This is the one. We yep. can't mistake it. And secondly, of course, 
that it would make an imposter's task impossible. <laughs> Nobody else could fulfill 300 requirements and, uh, you know, come as an imposter. He'd be disqualified on many counts. I guess it would be like just saying, you know, in a few thousand years' time, the Prime Minister will be this person or the President of the US will be that person. Exactly. You know, and, and that's exactly what it is. You've got to bring it into our real time. You know, like when, when things are predicted 100 years ahead, okay, what would we say about a future leader of this nation, where he would be born, what he would do, how he would die and so on. And those prophecies were very specific, weren't they, about his background and the things that would happen to him and, you know, how he would die and, and all of that. Yeah, that's right. Now, of course, these predictions were made well before the events took place by several authors over a vast period of time. They were not safe bets, but minute and specific detail. These guys put themselves on the line. Most of them could never have been foreseen by man. Mm. They certainly couldn't have been self-fulfilled, you know, like we were talking about earlier on. When we study history, we see that they were all fulfilled by just one person the Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. It is quite amazing. I've heard it said that it, the probability of uh, just a few of the prophecies actually coming to pass would be something like getting the state of Texas in the US <laughs> covered in coins three feet deep and then picking the right one out. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Well, it's let's, put that, amazing. let's put that another way, just very quickly if I can. Um, you know, we talk about 300 prophecies. Just take 20 of those. Now, the chances of all of those 20 being fulfilled would be one in 246 quintillion. doesn't matter what angle you look at it from. There's so much evidence that the Bible really is the Word of God. We'll pick this conversation up again tomorrow. We're discussing a critical question this week. Is the Bible the Word of God? We'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.